Again, God bless you all. Thanks for coming. Um, our attendance in the building, it seems like it's doubled since I first started announcements, so it's great to see everybody uh, come in who's been able to make it. Even when I had mentioned, I said, I, I don't think our friends from Tennessee are going to make it this year. And Adam Brasile, I hope I'm saying your right, last name right, made it, so it's good to see you. Um, and actually, did you get a bulletin? Did you grab one? We even, um, Jane had thrown in the bolt. The picture I have in the, in the bulletin on the inside cover, um, that's Adam with his wife, um, Raquel. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Uh, Adam and Raquel. Yeah, give it give one day, Adam, there. So I don't have great printouts because I didn't get them centered, but that's Adam and Raquel. A year ago, we had a small, small crowd. I think it was on last year, the, 12th, the Sunday would have been on like the... 19th or 20th? What's today? Yeah, 20th, I think. So that was a year ago today. Um, and Adam comes up every year for the, uh, who sets up a booth over at the uh, boat show. So if you go to the boat show, boat and RV show, I don't know what they call it, but walk around, make sure you find Adam and say hi to him. All right, so thanks everybody for coming. Not quite as snowy as it was a year ago and a bigger crowd than we had a year ago too. So, God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Um, you're here because you belong to somebody. You're here because your life's not your own anymore, and you have given your life to Jesus Christ. We come and remember our Lord and our Savior every Sunday. And as we studied last week and the week before, we know that those who are Christ at His coming will be raised from the dead. There's going to be a resurrection of the dead. We're going to be a part of those who are raised to eternal life if we belong to him, if we are Christ's. Believing this should change how we live. Christ's people must be sober-minded and stop sinning. That's the essence of the lesson today. I want you to consider it. The title of the lesson is, Do I Belong to Christ? Because if you can answer that affirmatively, and your life shows that it is true that you belong to Jesus, then someday you're guaranteed that you are going to uh, be, after this short life with all of its suffering and difficulties and joys and sorrows and everything in between, someday you're going to be raised to eternity. Eternity. Eternal life with God the Father. In that wonderful place we call heaven. In the presence of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In the presence of all of those who have belonged to Christ throughout history. We'll be together forever. In a place where there is no more sin, no more sorrow. Um, no more, um, I think there's going to be snow in heaven, but somehow it won't be cold. That's what, that's what I always think. That'd be the perfect season is when you could, have, you could have beautiful, wonderful snow to play in and not get cold. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but it's going to be a little bit of all the good things we've had here in this life times a thousand. It's going to be perfect. So let us continue then. Last week we considered 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 through 28. And now we go on to verse number 29. 
So let's, let's read verse 29 together. After he was talking about the, when Jesus comes back and raises the dead, then the, in the last enemy that was going to be defeated is death. And then the kingdom is handed over to the Father. When that happens, that's what he was just talking about. And then in verse 29 it says, Otherwise, what will those who are baptized... Oh, excuse me. Otherwise, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why then are they baptized for them? Now, think about that verse for a second and say to yourself, I hope Eric's going to tell me what on earth this is talking about. And then Eric's going to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't tell you exactly what that's talking about. The people being baptized for the dead, I don't know what that's about. Nobody has ever given a good good answer for me, just conjecture. And, and some people say it might have been a thing that they were doing, but Paul doesn't even agree that they should be doing it, but he's using it to make a point. The point is this, if the dead aren't raised, then why are you doing what you're doing? I don't know why they're being baptized for the dead. It's a strange concept. I don't get it. I'm not alone in that. You guys will join me in that, right? We'll just agree to be there together. But his point is this, is if the dead aren't raised, then why are you doing what you're doing? Obviously, the dead are raised because it's affecting what you do and how you live. If the dead aren't raised, then why do you do what you do? Same would be true for everybody here. If the dead aren't raised, then why are you here? If the dead aren't raised, you'd be like, hey, I'd rather sleep in Sunday morning, right? I'd rather do whatever, whatever. There's all kinds of options. I'd rather hold on to my money. You guys fill up that money plate. This is a giving church. You could find something else to do with that money if the dead aren't raised. That money doesn't matter. Why do you do what you do? Knowing that the dead are raised, it affects us. It changes us. And we have to be very aware and very thoughtful of making sure that it affects us in every way that it should be affecting us. Knowing that the dead are raised changes our lives. We know we're just here for a moment. Eternity is what matters. And so everything I do in this life, should be affected by my mindset of, all right, what does this have to do with eternity? What does this have to do with Jesus? Am I living for Him or am I living for myself? What will the answer be? If the dead aren't raised, feel free to do what you want. But if the dead are raised, then you better make sure your life is living according to that. In verse 30, Uh, Paul, as he writes, he says, why are we also in danger every hour? The thought there is, hey, if the the dead are not raised, he's already asked them them that, if the dead aren't raised, then why are you doing what you're doing? And he's saying, well, and if the dead aren't raised, then why am I doing what I'm doing? He was putting himself at risk, at danger, everywhere he went, in all that he did. There was an element of risk. Every time he preached the word, every city that he went to that he hadn't been to before, he was risking his life. Every time he went back to an old city where he had stirred up trouble, he was risking his life. 
If the dead are not raised, then why was Paul doing what he was doing? The only answer can be that he believed that the dead are raised. This is proof and this is evidence. The fact that you have this very word of God and much of it attributed to the Apostle Paul, the fact that he went from city to city, risked his life, and convinced others of the same, that Jesus Christ died, that he was the very Son of God, and he died, was put on that cross, died for you, for your sins, and then was raised up again because he was the very Son of God. That's the message of the cross. Go jump back to chapter 15, verse number 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. He believed that. He knew that to be true. Otherwise, He wouldn't have gone from city to city and risked His life. And if he actually didn't go from city to city and risk his life, this word never would have been brought down to us because there wouldn't have been anybody who would have said, hey, pass this letter along to others because it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting story and I just hope you enjoy it. No, the people who passed this stuff on believed it to be true. They were convinced by Paul. The reason they were convinced by Paul that it was true because Paul knew it to be true. And it was based upon the fact that it's in scriptures. It's true. Jesus really was raised from the dead. And I know you all believe it. But believe it more every day. It's true. Convince your friends that it's true. This is a simple and great evidence of the gospel. Because no one would have been willing to risk their lives to die for a lie. No one. No sane person, perhaps I should say. So this is real. Paul is giving evidence and giving the fact that his life was changed. And he lived according to a fact. And that fact was that the dead will be raised in Christ. So continuing on, that was verse number 30. Verse 30 again, he says... Why are we also in danger every hour? There was a reason he was willing to put his life on the line. Verse 31, I affirm, brethren, by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. So here he is, he's, he's boasting, he's saying something about himself which is hard for him to do, but he's acknowledging this. He's putting himself on the line to affirm something. He's showing them that he is willing to die daily. And the reason he's doing that is because the dead will be raised. He knows the truth and it changes his life. Paul knew that someday Christ will return for those who belong to him. Thus he died to self daily. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow after me. Paul was following after Jesus. The fact that he was following after him daily, putting his life on the line, putting himself 
as a distant second to everything that is important. He died daily because he knew that someday there will be a resurrection of the dead. Consider Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. A passage that has this language of, uh, in verse 36, we're going to say, we're going to see the words, For your sake we are being put to death all the day long. And in verse 38, it's going to uh, consider the fact that not even death can separate us from Christ. So therefore, in this passage, I want to read this one. It has this wonderful image and picture of the fact that if you are in Christ, if you belong to Him, someday you'll be raised eternally, raised from the dead. And you'll live with Christ forever. You can't be separated from God's love. Starting in verse 35 of Romans 8. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. What do he say? In danger every hour is how he said it back Why are we also in danger every hour? He was living this out. Verse 37 of Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's for us. Who can be against us? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 32. So he says, I die daily. He's putting himself second, putting God first. 32. If from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus... What does it profit me? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He's putting his life on the line, putting himself second, putting the gospel of Christ first, putting Jesus first in everything. And it's a battle. Wild beast at Ephesus. Ephesus was just one of the places where his life was put on the line. Even after his time in Corinth, I don't know why he doesn't even reference this, but even at the, at the end of his time in Corinth, I think he spent a year and a half there, and then it was, he had a relatively safe time in Corinth. Very strange for him. But God had told him, he got there when he first got there, he was afraid. And God said, no, I'm going to be with you, I'll protect you. He was there a year and a half. And then at the end of that, things started turning, turning sour. Things got bad for him there. But everywhere he went, and he notes Ephesus here, Ephesus, he fought with wild beasts at Ephesus. Probably a metaphorical reference here, but I'll say probably. He fought 
for the gospel. He fought for the truth. If the dead aren't raised, why do that? If the dead aren't raised, why are you here? If when you die, you're just as the saying, this one, if you've never heard this before, it will stick with you forever, and this saying will always stay true. If when you die, you're just dead, and you're dead like Rover, dead all over, why do anything? Why bother? Why fight the good fight? Why come to church? Why read your Bible? Why try and stay on the narrow path? It's hard. Why do it? If Christ was not raised and you are not raised, then the saying is true. It's a logical statement. If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. There's no point have fun. But the dead are raised. Jesus was the first fruits. We will be raised. So that is why we come together. And this is why, you know, sometimes on Sundays it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to get up and go. We're all, we all think that sometimes. I think everybody's like that. I don't know if I want to get up to just today. I'm, I was, but I'm on a long streak. I'm, I'm good for one Sunday to not be there. But no, you guys come. You're here because you know that it's not about what feels good. It's not about what's easy. It's about doing what is right. Live for Jesus. Put him first, die to self, and fight the good fight of faith. Verse 33. It reads, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. My comment for verse 33 says, don't be deceived by those who say to live for yourself. There was a contingent in uh, Corinth and they even had, in, in chapter 5, they had some terrible sin going on in the congregation. It seems like they were saying, hey, grace covers us. We can do whatever we want. We're in Christ. We're free. Uh, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. God made us to do this and to enjoy this. To eat that, to do that, participate in this and that. And probably sexual things involved there. Chapter 5 was very explicitly that. Chapter 6 talks about those things. Some of them were, uh, were joining themselves to prostitutes. They were in the church, people. They thought they were okay. Something had gotten in here. And Paul reminds them after he's talked about that long ago. And here he is at the end of a, towards the end of his letter. And he says... Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. We are not here to eat and drink for tomorrow we die. We're not here to live for the pleasures of this world. We're here to enjoy pleasures that God has blessed us with true. We should have joys in this life. And those joys and those pleasures are a glimpse of the glories of heaven. But we cannot abuse what God has created. 
Everything is to be done according to how he has created it, how he says that we should use those things. So follow God's word. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Don't hang around the people who are telling you to do all the bad things. You'll be corrupted by them. Um, churches today, you think about this and what is going on with, uh, with churches of all sorts. They not only tolerate sin, but they promote it. God is a loving God. You can do this. He still loves you. Come to us. Be a part of us. You're welcome no matter who you are or what you do. I like the idea. Don't come to us and, you know, Christ accepts you no matter who you are or what you've done. That's true. But he doesn't want to leave you stuck in the muck. Churches today that tolerate sin and promote sin, they're deceived. Those teachers, those people, leaders of those churches, they are deceived and they are deceiving others. Don't, don't be one with them. Don't hang out with that. And then verse 34, our last verse says, Become sober-minded as you ought, and stop sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And clearly, that a church that was involved in sin like they were, the church, church in Corinth is a mess. Um, if you ever you're part of a church and you think, man, this church is a mess, well, read Corinthians. You'll feel a little better, better probably about your church, I hope. <laughs> so some of them had, some of their leaders, some of their teachers apparently had no knowledge of God, were putting out all kinds of crazy things, were endorsing sin. It's awful. Sin's not a good thing. And if you belong to Christ, and that's the whole context, Christ is going to come back someday, and those who belong to him, he's going to raise them up from the dead and bring them home to him forever. So you better belong to Jesus. And when you belong to him, you will act like you belong to him, and you're not going to live for self and live in sin. You're going to live for the one who died for you. My comment, quit being intoxicated by your own desires. You've got to wake up, get a sober mind. You get involved in, in, in that church was just intoxicated. They were drunk with sin. Sober up. Have a sober mind. Think clearly. Don't think clearly about how you can please yourself. Think clearly of how you are going to walk on the narrow way. For Jesus Christ, the one who bought you, the one who gave up his own life for you, you are not your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go back and hear these verses now and you can, you can hear that Paul was addressing this situation even though he wasn't talking about the resurrection of the dead. He was encouraging them back then to live for Christ. Do, be done with sin. Repentance is necessary and continually necessary. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? They apparently didn't know that. 
Pretty sarcastic, wasn't he? You guys, you kidding me? Don't you know the, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. To jump to the last two verses of this chapter, verse 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Do you belong to Jesus? You better be living like it. Glorify God in your your body. Glorify the Father in heaven with everything that you do. Paul lived that out. Put his life in danger every hour. Everywhere he went. Everything he did. To glorify the Father in heaven. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. Live for Jesus. So this idea of the dead will be raised someday. It all comes back. That thought should make us think, am I in Christ? Am I ready for that day? Will I be raised with him eternally? Or will I be raised to be sentenced to death for eternity? It's your only two choices. I encourage you today. Make Jesus your king. Be a part of his kingdom by following him as closely as you can. And we all fail at times. And we want to be done away with sin. But we all will sin. And if you're questioning today, well, am I really in Christ? I claim to be in Christ. I want to be in Christ, but I know I still sin. Well, let me just tell you this. If you hate it when you sin, first of all, if you recognize your sin and you're looking at Scripture to see if you're a sinner or not, that's the place to start. And number two, if when you sin you hate it and you are instantly driven to repentance, then you're on the right path. We all will sin. We will all fall short. But to walk with Jesus means when we misstep, we're like, I need back with him. And Sunday when we come together around this table, man, that's that's really the part where it's the time when we say, I belong to Jesus. I need to be living like it. Every day, every hour, live for him. Let every hour of your life demonstrate that you belong to him. Die daily to self. Live fully for Jesus. 
Make that your goal. Make that your practice. When you fail, you turn to Him and ask for forgiveness. Get right back on the right path. But don't stay stuck in sin. Have a sober mind. Have you given your life to Jesus? Do you belong to Him? Are you walking with Him? Someday the dead will be raised. May we all be ready to meet Him on that day. If anybody needs to respond to Christ today, to get back on the path, or to get on the path in the first place, now's the time. We encourage you to come as we stand together and sing.